0: Let me welcome everybody after the lunch break at the second day of FinWeek. And we are having discussion, blockchain as an industry disruptor with uh, our guests that I would like to introduce you firstly. So we are starting with Peter kris Hello, Peter. He is from Mangata Finance. Uh, then there's Branislav Majarnik. Oh, I'm sorry, you are sitting in the wrong seats, guys, I told you. (laughs) Okay, Branislav, welcome. So you are solution architect and data science technology consultant at Oracle. Nice that you are here. Uh, Then there is Robert Schwertner. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, So Robert is CEO and founder of InnoMagic. Uh, The other guy sitting here is David Stanzel. So he is CTO at FUNBI and co-founder of Blockchain Slovakia. Uh, we have Jakub Jedlinski here on my right. He's CTO and co-founder, co-founder of Outlift. And there should be another guest which uh, is present on the video. It's Izy Kobelka. Izy is the CEO and co-founder of Tatum. Welcome guys. And uh, before we start, I would like also to thank to our partners of this conference. So. The whole fin week is under the auspices of Embassy of Israel in Slovakia. Our main partners are Ministry of Finance of the Slovak Republic, National Bank of Slovakia, 365 Bank and Binance. The other partners are Visa and Fumbi Network. Our supporters are Oracle, Embassy of the Slovak Republic in Washington and the expert guarantee is under Finas. FinTech and InsurTech Association of Slovakia. So those are formalities. The last one is if you want to give questions to uh, our guests here just use Slido and hashtag FinWeek and we will have time at the end of this discussion to answer your questions. So. First, I don't know if you if you all know this guy. So we will just um, make one uh, little bit interesting thing. Do you know what's elevator pitch, guys? Here, how you know? You probably know, but there are many people who don't know. So we will just do small elevator pitch of you guys. What is elevator pitch? This term was. Uh, founded in Silicon Valley, when founders wanted to raise capital and they just had a small limited amount of the time, most of the time in, in elevators. So that's why this term and we will do it today like you have maximum one minute to tell us something about what your company is doing and what you're doing at this company. So we can start from Jakub.
1: Uh, Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I started teaching about cryptocurrencies at the uh, Prague University of Economics and Business in 2014 and later in 2017 I started AltLift together with two of my colleagues. What we do is fundamental analysis of coins. So uh, we embrace tokenomics of things or tokenization of uh, assets and uh, that's... uh, we try to find utility in the tokens, or we also design tokens. And at the moment, we are starting a regulated fund in the Netherlands. So uh, that's basically our area of interest. Cryptocurrencies, alt, not just Bitcoin, but also altcoins, but not the shitcoins, only the reasonable things. And uh, our task is to divide them, to find them. Cheers.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is David. I'm a CTO at uh, Fumbi. We are a cryptocurrency broker. And In my free time, I teach at university a course on cryptocurrencies as well and I'm very much interested in the history of cryptocurrencies, which is a subject which I dedicated uh, my upcoming book to, so stay tuned.
3: Hello, my name is Robert Schwertner. I'm from Austria and thank you for being here in Bratislava today. Uh, I'm CEO and founder of InnoMagic and also Founder of the avatar and uh, character CryptoRobbie, because my name as a child was also called Robbie and still is. Um, I um, headed the Austrian uh, Smart City Research Program for 10 years. And in 2015, we started with blockchain uh, research, especially in energy and for industry. And now, with InnoMagic, we consult mainly large enterprises, very large enterprises. We're doing machine-to-machine communication um, projects, but also recently into FAN token. We can talk about that later. So, and what I did in Austria, I, um, we put together the Austrian blockchain landscape. So all Austrian companies on one slide. Thank you.
4: Hi, everyone. I'm Peter. Peter Chris, I'm CEO and co-founder of Mangata. Mangata is a easy and secure decentralized trading for Ethereum and Polkadot. We are building an application-specific blockchain that's a dex chain with one use case and it's built as a parachain on Polkarot. Uh, we are the only team in the industry on the world that has solved the minor extractable value that is a hot topic for Ethereum, which Affect significantly the costs, so we are providing very high-performing and very efficient blockchain built on Polkadot that will be bridging the ecosystems of Ethereum and Polkadot. Uh, our backers are Polychain Capital from Silicon Valley or IOSG from from Hong Kong. So uh, we have global capital backing us, and we will be launching a
5: mainnet in about three months. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Branislav Meiernig I'm working in Oracle company, more than 16 years, like solution architect and data science technology consultant. Probably everybody knows what is Oracle. Oracle is the largest software company, not only largest software company, but also we are producing hardware after acquisition of some microsystems, you probably know. And because the main products about Oracle is about the data and databases, blockchain is something also about data and transactions. That's mean... Naturally, or I could take care also about the blockchain
0: thank you guys for uh and introducing yourselves. so my name is rene Darmoj, Darmoš I'm moderator of today so I'm also running my own small family investment fund Monial Capital and I'm CEO of Promo Bay as well so let's jump into our topics today and uh, that is blockchain as an industry disruptor. So it's nice how we are sitting here today with some bankers, people from government and so on. And like five years ago or so on, you remember those days when when we were considered like drug dealers or so on, you know, like Bitcoin was considered for only bad reason, nothing was good. And, Today we are sitting here and, and talking to bankers about what, what's going on and how the industry is changing and bankers are actually trying to go fast and like to catch this what they, what they didn't believe. And that's also what we want to talk about today. You are from the industry and uh, we want to know your opinion, like how you feel it about today because uh, some people are still questioning if, uh, if this is just uh, another boom that is happening nowadays, like you know it was in 2017, nowadays again price is high and, and is that another boom or is it really like the blockchain solution for everything? Or if not for everything, what do you consider like the like what, what is that solution for? So each of, each of you is uh, doing something different Oracle is well known, everybody uh, knows Oracle. So what are you using blockchain for nowadays?
5: First, we have to distinguish between the blockchain. People, when talking about blockchain, usually things about the cryptocurrencies and bitcoins, but this is completely different things uh, because we have to distinguish between private and public blockchain. Public blockchain was the origin with Satoshi Nakamoto paper as everybody knows and works differently because it contains some crypto economy and this is very important to think about this. What guys start to thinking about if the blockchain like, the, let's say, linked list uh, application can be used also for different things, not only transaction on the monetary systems or peer-to-peer network, but if we can use it uh, with different type of industries like the supply chain or different things. And afterwards, some consortium, which is covered with uh, Hyperledger project, open source Hyperledger project, developed so-called private blockchain. It's a little bit on different principles, but contains similar things like the public. And here, Oracle and also other companies came with ideas and platforms use this blockchain technology as a service on the cloud environment usually for customers made some managed cloud service, uh, use it, for example, to share loyalty programs in the business uh, industries or different things for pharmaceutical companies to create origin blockchain, uh, blockchain content uh, information about the origin of drugs and recipes and so on. That mean Oracle provide like also other companies provides complete uh, carrier grade solution for the blockchain, private blockchain based on the hyperledger technology and offer to partners, offer to customers to do it like the managed service and develop their uh, blockchain solutions.
0: Okay, that, that was a very good explanation at the beginning. I'm thankful for this. And uh, are we going to try Yiji once again? Because now, now we heard that uh, what Oracle is using or how, how you treat blockchain and this technology. And uh, I would like to hear Yixi, like He knows about more companies, how they are leveraging this technology. So if, if we are able to hear each other, that would be nice if you could uh, answer us.
6: I think, I think from, from our, our perspective, perspective, we see a lot is, a lot. is uh, blockchain, blockchain being, being used in, in in financial industry. I'm not saying I'm not saying in uh, in Europe that much. Uh, more in in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. That's actually um, quite huge over there. Then um, we see kind of, and we all know that you know NFT exploded. So um, so we are seeing uh car manufacturers building uh digital ids based on nfts uh, of, of cars uh digital wallets and so on um and then we are seeing a lot of gaming and and, and uh and efforts regarding you know online games so um that's about what from our experience from our from our data, it's about 70% of, of current projects running on Tatum right now are actually uh, NFTs based or, or games and uh, 30%, roughly, are fintech apps and, and banks.
0: Okay, good. And um, maybe I would like to ask also basically the same question to Robert because uh, you are kind of advising to this thing, so uh, you could tell us something uh, about your experiences in in this field.
3: Yes, uh, the point is um, when we talk about blockchain, we shall not forget it's a database. It's maybe not so sexy, at the first place, even the name is a uh, catastrophe, it's block, blocking something, and, and chain yeah, was something, I mean, we think about prison at least, or t- chain smoking, so uh, even the name, so it's hard to explain, um, and it's overestimated, why? Uh, we did, for instance, uh, consultancy to large enterprises, very large enterprises, one, for instance, a retailer, 25 billion turnovers a year, We checked their business models back in 2019. Where would blockchain make sense? And out of maybe 120 different business models this uh, conglomerate uh, had to offer, maybe 5% were able to translate into a blockchain solution. And out of that 5% of these large enterprise, only a very few could still be seen as maybe relevant to blockchain solution. The reason is, if we use blockchain as a database for classical application, we shall not forget blockchain is a very slow, very expensive database. So if we put our data there, it is costly and it is uh, not to the speed we uh, want to have it. And that's a big obstacle still to overcome. are in need of better blockchains and by the way we shall not forget from a mathematical point of view uh, blockchain is the most stupid way to store data because it's in a block in a row you know we have the mathematical space is n dimension but we use only one dimension some blockchains use several dimensions like YOTA, like hashgraph more railway lines parallel and different blockchains we jump we will see a lot of innovation in blockchain terms the word blockchain will be so old-fashioned in a few years, but for the moment, we have to deal with it. And when you come back to the topic, blockchain as a disruptor, disruption to industry, it is still a long way to go. That's what, from my experience with working with company, we worked with mobility company. We checked also hundreds of different, not hundreds. Dozens of options yeah, of business models. I can, um, can come later to that point. We had energy, um, energy blockchain projects, peer to peer trading, and other applications, and recently machine to machine communication. So that means new players in the field will, um, will be our competitors. Not companies, not persons will do trade, for instance, but maybe machines. Uh, machines will be players and negotiate prices, and, and um, that's that's the future. And we can maybe later go into detail here a bit.
0: I will catch on one phrase that you said, like blockchain is not even sexy, but uh, look how it became sexy, all these words actually, <laughs> it became buzzword, uh, all, all of the companies, all the projects they want to use it and just implement it uh, really very often without the purpose. So. But I'm sure that for one company like uh, this solution for public, it's very sexy and they are growing and uh, it's FUMBI because uh, I'm sure that like uh, your solution, your product for people nowadays is quite sexy, hot. Uh, it's discussed and how you in FUMBI are looking at this uh, innovation.
2: Well, I wouldn't say we are blockchain company for sure
0: <laughs> so we are just a broker
2: so but people can be invested in the public blockchains through their native assets they have and so yeah from my perspective before i joined filmbi a couple of years i was doing advisor working as advisor for different teams and different projects which worked with different kind of blockchains and for me personally it was always more about the public blockchains because i recognize there is a enterprise segment with um, yeah, blockchain consortia like Hyperledger and so on and that there is uh, definitely a good chunk of business there but what uh, excites me the most is definitely the, the, op- the, the possibilities that are related to the public blockchains uh, that basically enable to intertwine so many different segments into single connected space.
0: We already more times it was mentioned here like uh, public blockchains, private blockchains and um, I I see it as like uh, for people, for regular people, those can... Yeah, first motivator, just be honest, it's like uh, we want to earn money and then then people just invest a little bit amount and they are uh, trying to find out more and more and not only about what price issues and so on, they they fi- find out, uh, they, they study things about economy and, and ideologies and and things that those are behind and there are so many things. So uh, this is connected with uh, public blockchains most of the time because uh, people, they can earn money there basically and then there is this specter b2b spectrum and in that sector most of the time what I see uh, companies are using some uh, some private blockchains or federated blockchains and and also uh, banks they are they they like to use federated blockchains uh, um, and um, is there any one of you who would, who would like to uh, tell us why what, what, what is the like the difference or why these companies they want to use private blockchains is there any one of you
3: yeah. you can both them so um first of all uh, when we compare blockchain to the internet um we have the large internet this um org- organism you know this what we call internet and um public blockchains want to build a layer on that internet and be the blockchain the, to transfer value on, on the internet. Now we can just transfer information. So the large uh, public blockchain will be a second layer of, um, on the, on the uh, existing internet, whereas the private blockchain is considered to be the intranet of a company and it will be always a silo, it will be always controlled by a company. And that's the old economy still trying to, um, to save their business models, but they have no chance. That's the relaxing news. So that's for us blockchainers. they will not succeed because we know with the internet, nobody's using a private internet for his daily life, but we all use the public internet. And same will happen to blockchain. That makes us very confident. On the other hand side, the problem is, these big um, internet companies, which derived Google, Facebook, and so on, you name it, um, it could be in the long run a danger that we also see large blockchain companies taking hold of, of um, blockchains, of public blockchain. And we know there is no public internet. As we see, Russia is uh, increasing control of the internet, the European Union controls with GPTR, China very strictly controls the so free internet. Maybe with blockchain, that could happen in the long run too.
0: Okay, I would like to ask you, Jakub, you wanted to add this and also maybe like uh, add their information where you see, if you see
1: any uh, innovation in private blockchains. Okay, I will will give it a try. Uh, I came to Bratislava like seven years ago. I was a guest at another financial conference here, and I was the only one speaking about blockchains or crypto assets back then. There were people from ministries, from public authorities, uh, banks, and payment pro- providers and stuff. And uh, I started my presentation by saying something like, and for something completely different, because it was a curiosity. It was a curiosity. And uh, now we have plenty uh, blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto related conferences every week, and it's uh, on the telly every day and in the media. Uh, I would say that the situation changed around two thousand and eighteen. Uh, when the bubble burst that was there in two thousand and seventeen. And now people started to be more curious about the word blockchain rather than Bitcoin. You can even see it in the uh, in the in the Google search that uh, before that Bitcoin was the word that you would Google and then it was blockchain. So everyone talked about blockchain. And uh, companies, traditional legacy corporations, uh, started using the phrase, well, we really like this new disruptive technology, the blockchain, but we don't like cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin, so we just like the blockchain, okay? And um, everyone said that they are experimenting with the blockchain or they're implementing the blockchain or DLT distributed ledger technology into their solutions. Which they were not actually, or, or not really. It was just like PR, and uh, now it's changing. I believe there might be some uh, real-world applications of the blockchain, especially the DeFi, decentralized finance, and in the gaming industry, which is which is really rising. But the idea of the pri- a private blockchain uh, is that well, it's it's not just. We have a club of people who trust each other and that's why we won't let anyone in. Um, the difference, one of the crucial differences between public and private blockchain is that the private blockchain doesn't need to have a coin. In public blockchains, you have the coins which are distributed as rewards for those, for the nodes for the, or miners, for those who maintain the ledger, the distributed database, let's say. Uh, if you have a different motivation, uh, because you already are members of a project, uh, then you don't need to have a coin. In the private blockchain, example, banks want to have a clearing database among themselves. Yeah, and they—they, they, I can even imagine that they trust each other. But who will be in charge of the database? Who will—who will actually? Uh, manage the database. I think it's more a question of ego than trust. If the European banks decided that they would have a common blockchain for clearing and there are projects like that on Hyperledger, but uh, who will be in charge? Would it be Deutsche Bank, would it be HSBC, Santander, Societe General, Erste, you name it. So it's a question of ego when you have a a decentralized blockchain, let's say, which, which is private then everyone is peer-to-peer. So I think this is, uh, this is uh, the reason why the private blockchains might work. And there are, on the other side of the table, there would be Bitcoin maximalists or uh, public blockchain enthusiasts who say, well, if you don't have uh, a coin, you cannot have a decentralized blockchain. I don't really think that the coin is necessary, so I think that private blockchains might actually work Uh, But only in this case, when what you're trying to solve is the question of ego, you know, like measuring dicks. Peter, I see
0: your sad face. (laughs) So maybe you want to tell us something like, do you agree with this or you've been in the industry for a while? You've been uh, you've been interested in DeFi a lot and in this space. So maybe
4: are you you sharing the same? opinion on this i'm roughly sharing the opinions because well i believe in the public blockchains Uh, So, because the the main word to be using with public blockchains is network effect. And as it was very correctly pointed out already, it's that in the 90s there has been many tries of making your private intranets like this intranets, but it failed because there hasn't been any network effect, there hasn't been any traction. You need critical mass to be happening on that network uh, for that network to bootstrap some value. So I see this as a a given trend and it will be public blockchains. it's, it's just a given trend. And I would even say that right now we can witness um, something going on in the background. Uh, there is, I can say only from the decentralized finance domain, because that's where we are currently at, is that institutional capital is really flowing in right now. I can see a lot of family funds, which is somewhat like more traditional capital, and they are providing liquidity into Compound. They're providing liquidity into Uniswap or SushiSwap. And that is like a really connection of the old world and new world. Uh, I I see a lot of, uh, currently there is a new growing category of uh, funds that are dedicated only for getting dollars and allocating those dollars into DeFi protocols because they can get yields much better than in the traditional uh, banking industry. And this is a huge trend. So uh, I see this happening in the background, although retail, or we can see on social media, it's not talked that much about this, but there is institutional capital flowing into the industry
0: it's like that and it's visible also on on-chain data analysis those are available and people can check them uh, all the time like informations are public not like uh, when there is a banking system private uh, blockchain that uh, is not, not, not visible for anyone so you cannot analyze it and uh, with um, information those are public you can do so much more. Uh, okay, uh, so we know this and I would like to ask you what do you see um, more times there were mentioned blockchain gaming and uh, do you see there's uh, some maybe next boom that will come or next wave or next hype like there was DeFi spectrum, NFT spectrum. What do you see like a next wave what, what's going to happen or maybe uh, will it be that uh, adoption changer that will involve everyone into blockchain? Like we can start, David, you are a visionary, visionary here, you can tell us something. Share your uh,
2: Okay, maybe I'll start with a very fresh information that I read today, uh, when I read that uh, Gemini and brother Winkovos they invested into one of the blockchain VR world, called Somnium Space in this case. So, and this is, I think, super interesting use case for the future, you know, this is a kind of an embryo of a metaverse where open and decentralized metaverse, not the one that facebook wants to build uh, where you have basically complete decentralization of the architecture of the governance system and uh, you have very blurred lines between you know the virtual reality and the gaming and the real world because you have basically all these things you know this world natively supports nfts you can have holographic avatars there so you have all these things in one single, not only ledger, but also one single interface. And um, this is like a great example of how blockchain, public blockchains can really, you know, like transform like our society in the future.
3: Robert, you can. May I add? Um, Currently we are exploring fan tokens, fan tokens for sports. And this, um, we do this for, um, Large uh, sport industry sector, um, and we, we tested the fan tokens, and we, we checked different blockchains from technical side, but also from the marketing per, um, aspect. And here, gaming, sports, and real world sports, um, esports, and real world sports um, join. So what we will see in future is that will be not um, a complex like a gaming industry on the one hand side and the real world gaming um, on the other hand side and sports, but these will be more fluid. Why? It is so interesting to me that um, computer games are so well designed and so much money is invested in how it looks and, and, and what 3D avatars you mentioned David. and. On the other hand, then, when we open our email, it looks so boring. It looks like still in the 90s. Yeah, that You have these lines of emails, and it's so interesting to me how to see this difference. And what we will have in future, this will be more fluid. We will have also maybe 3D working spaces because still the VR um, um, glasses, they are the HoloLens and others, they are not very practical. One gets seasick very easy. There are a lot of research has to be done but the industry will be more fluid, so I see not so much in gaming itself, because in gaming you always collected points, you can translate them to token, you had a certain value for it, you got something for it, maybe just to enter the next level in the game, that was a token for. Um, But we will have maybe a new, um, new approach where, with old people in home offices, um, listening also, by the way, maybe here, um, they will have more beautiful workplaces in the screens, not these boring old-fashioned ones. This could be linked to a tokenization, uh, to new um, um, advertisement possibilities. Yeah, yeah. to um, it, it opens up to the ad industry. It opens up to the gaming industry, of course, by collecting something. So these industries, which we know today, will be more fluid, they will look different. That's what we see. And coming back to the fan token, just to give an example of how big it is, because somebody mentioned already that it's exploding, this NFT. Um, the fan token in sports uh, for soccer, um, football, is, um, has a higher daily turnover than the German uh, exchange, German stock exchange. So the these fan tokens are so exploding at the moment and so interesting. And when people like uh, Messi, like football players like Messi, starting to be paid in cryptocurrencies, which they do now. Yeah, Messi is paid by Paris Saint Germain in fan tokens too. We don't know how much he gets, but this increases the attraction of the fan token. Although, I must say, the fan token is still very boring from a technical uh, point of view. So for Oracle to program this, to code this, this would uh, take a few, maybe weeks or months to have it finally. Um, Because it's all there, we can use it. The question is, how do we use it? And there is a lot of legal issues, uh, hurdles to take, regulations to take. At the moment, these fan tokens are there to vote for... um, what has Messi on his uh, t-shirt written, how is the stadium named, what be be the color of the new flag of this uh, sports club and so on. So it's voting rights, it's participation rights, it's preferred seats, this kind. of, And you can of course trade this token and um, see whether the value increases. We will have much more clever applications in the future. That's what I see and there's the future.
0: Jakub, I, I saw that you could uh, agree almost with everything. Would you like to add something to this speech? Yeah, uh,
1: I really enjoyed listening to you guys. Thank you very much because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a strong believer in uh, crypto gaming. Uh, these fan tokens, uh, to start with, yeah, they uh, their strength is that they combine two very strong emotions, and one is love, and the other one is greed. Because uh, normally, I would pay to buy a scarf of my favorite soccer team. Like I have a scarf with Rapid Wien, and uh, I pay for it, and I do their advertisement, advertisement for them. But when I buy the token, uh, I can sell it for a higher price. So when I'm spreading the word about this is the best team in the world, the price actually goes up. Yeah, It connects to strong emotions. That's a great thing. And there is a rising connection between sports not just sports and esports, but sports and cryptocurrency companies. So big exchanges like Crypto.com or uh, FTX are investing a lot of money into um, sport events, sport clubs, sport arenas, and they are more and more visible. Which is really great because there are uh, billions of people love sports. They're watching it, and this is a way how to onboard uh, new new users, at least new people who would come to. Uh, to the exchanges, get exposed to crypto, and then they might start holding and buy a hardware wallet. And then, uh, you know, they, they get deeper into the rabbit hole. That's one thing about, uh, more about uh, the gaming industry. I, I, I made the first NFT uh, for uh, games in 2013, I think. yeah, Or 14, nobody called it NFTs then, but uh, I was a designer of a computer game. I was responsible for the in-game economics. Uh, and, and the in-game markets and stuff. And uh, we realized uh, that the uh, our players do, um, are reluctant to buy uh, the digital cards, the digital assets, because if the game gets shut down, they lose everything. They just invest money in it and they don't have nothing. While if they buy physical cards like the Magic the Gathering, they can keep it. And even if the game ceases to exist, they still can play with their friends and stuff. If you have the the NFTs and the game, Ceases uh, its operation. You can still use it an Example so rare, which is uh, the fastest growing French startup ever and it only has like 40,000 45,000 users now This is the fantasy football with NFTs uh, with, with the Masi, uh for instance and uh, They not only have the official tournaments, but there are unofficial fan based tournaments So you can use it even if the game does not exist anymore uh, it's still usable. Plus, uh, you by definition uh, can dispose with the card, with with the digital asset, which normally you can't. This is a huge ethical problem in the gaming industry, which is r- r- rising really much. It's bigger than Hollywood, and people are spending a lot of money to buy digital assets, but they do not actually own it. The developers of the game, they own it, and they can do whatever they want with it they can strip you out of your ownership rights, you don't have the card anymore, they can make a RADA or they just shut down the operations. Now, if you have tokenized assets, they cannot take away the card from you and they cannot prevent you from selling it, from transferring it to a uh, different ecosystem. I think that there will be a huge shift in the advertisement among games. If you ever played a game on your cell phone, uh, you have this new assurance with the commercials that take 40 seconds, and uh, they advertise some games that you never want to play. It's not attractive, but imagine that you play a game, you have the NFT with, the, uh, with a card, uh, with some digital asset, and the commercial tells you, you already have these and these and these assets that can be used in a completely different manner in a different game. So in one game, I have a car, in a different game, it's a dragon, or it's a sword, it's a weapon. That might be very interesting, and I, th- I think that it's the future of advertisement in computer games. The problem is the UX. Uh, most of the games that somehow run on the blockchain or use this technology, they are absolutely not user-friendly, not at all. It's like trying to play Counter-Strike in 2001. Yeah, It was very difficult to set up the network. Yes, but it's like uh, with Bitcoin at the beginning, it was really hard to move
0: with story, and uh, do uh, anything uh, actually with it and now you see a few, few years later, it's, uh, it's just um, easy such easy thing and uh, okay peter i would like to ask you because we are not, we were talking about public blockchains innovations there that are happening and about gaming and basically the same question but do you see uh, that this trend is coming now with this uh, blockchain gaming or do you see it like there's still some pretty much space for a uh, different project like infrastructure project or what do you see it from your perspective
4: Blockchain is changing really fast. So I would say there is a lot of opportunity even for infrastructure projects, but as well for gaming projects. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm working mostly in in a DeFi, but from what I can tell from all the years, there has been always some attempts to start something more fun and start something more gamey on on the blockchain. It started with like colored coins on Bitcoin. That was like 2014. Um, that's like uh, the predecessor of NFTs, I would say. Uh, So right now we, we see this boom, and I would say it somewhat intuitively makes sense that the scarcity on the blockchain can be reused in games. And I like the concept of having this shared assets among multiple games. So imagine you are playing World of Warcraft and you have a sword, in that World of Warcraft that you've been playing for, I don't know, two, three years. And suddenly then that sword is available in 10 other games because basically they are built on the same infrastructure and they are sharing the same base of NFT assets. And this will just further help the network effect of the blockchain because basically everything is public everything is open access and everyone can start developing your own games and your own business model on an existing economic value that is open access so i think that's that's just another vertical that is absolutely given that will happen
0: okay now we move uh, to branislav and i would like to ask you because you are mostly like private blockchain oriented and uh, we heard about such crazy innovations here maybe uh, our listeners and viewers they don't know about games like Axie Infinity and all the Philippines Fini- those are earning money for just playing games and those kind of crazy things like innovations crazy innovations is it possible to to bring such an innovation with the uh, private blockchains or uh, where would you maybe see such opportunity in private blockchains and innovation space.
5: Uh, yeah, we have to f- first start thinking why do people st- start uh, develop the private blockchain? And this was because public blockchain have some limitation on technical level, especially for a transaction throughput. Because you need the miners which keep alive this uh, public blockchain. It's a great idea, it's perfect, but uh, for special reasons when you need a lot of transactions and big transaction throughput, it's not possible to do it with public blockchain. And this model of proof of work concept, because this costs energy and you probably know to keep run all this public blockchain with the cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Litecoin or Monero or anything, uh, you need a lot of power, plant power. That means many miners are now sitting in the China because not uh, they have cheap energy probably or more cheaper than in Europe. And this is the problem, how to keep running such a huge environment and peer-to-peer network. Uh, in the specific enterprises when you don't need such, for example, peer-to-peer network, but you need need such big transactions throughput because you have a lot of transactions, for example, like the Visa cards have or different uh, enterprises have. And this is the reason why the people start to design the private blockchain and they found, of course, some business cases for this. As I already said, supply chains or B2B model or, or... some kind of B2C models, is suitable for this private blockchain. And uh, private blockchain, especially this Hyperledger consortium, offer direct solution for them. And we have several very successful references about this, for example, for from our partners, for example, for specific companies and retails, which using the private blockchain for their loyalty programs or different things like this. Uh, what I heard also, for example, some uh, bet companies also starts thinking about using the blockchain but they are losing some hybrid model because they start to develop kind of token which called Bitcoin in this model and this is quite hybrid between the private and public blockchain.
0: Interesting so maybe do you see like the the future there in this
5: combined model? Uh, Probably yes because as I said um, public blockchain have some limitation this is not bug of public blockchain this is the feature why how was was designed but for specific needs and requirements from industries or enterprises we need different approach and this is the place for the private blockchains
0: okay yiji now i want to ask you that um, you 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 can tell us from the first hand like where the trend is shifting probably or what customers they they want to build because customers are those who are visionaries and they know what they want in one or two or three years or they think they know and then you have to, uh, to Tell them what they really need. So Can you share your opinion on this with us? So, so um, um, <laughs> First first of all what?
6: What we see more and more that actually big companies, including top three gaming, biggest gaming companies in the world are being involved in, uh, in, uh, in blockchain gaming, they are exploring, uh, all the possible technologies, including NFTs. Um, of course they are also considering legal and, uh, and other consequences, which I would say smaller projects they don't care that much about Uh, i completely agree with everything guys said Um, except i think one one feature of blockchain uh wasn't really mentioned yet when it comes to when it comes to gaming and uh and the thing is if you think so, guys were speaking about about uh, mobile games for example and the way how it works today is, um, if I'm playing game with Jakub, for example, um, we, the way how it works today, we are sending data to usually AWS or some cloud provider. So if you are a bigger gaming company and you have dozens of millions of users every single second, you are paying quite a lot of money. The thing is with blockchain, and it was already mentioned. It's a it's decentralized database. You actually don't have to go with everything to AWS. So if I'm playing with uh, with Jakub, I can actually play against him or with him uh, directly peer to peer. That's how blockchain works. And I cannot cheat, and he cannot cheat. Um, that way, if you have, I would say little bit higher traffic, if you have dozens, hundreds of thousands users of the game, you can save a lot of money. Um, I know that, um, that, uh, there was mentioned performance issues and it's, uh, and that, uh, it can be expensive. It's partially true, but not really anymore when it comes to, uh, recording. Or saving new data into blockchain. Yes, there are still limitations, but when it comes to reading data, that's actually the best scalable database ever. We don't have anything better at the moment. We don't. Um, and the thing is a lot of activities in games are actually reading. So that's, you know, that that's great. Um, so that's something I would, I would highlight also, um, what is, um, what is interesting is uh you guys mentioned uh gaming and 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 few projects uh we also have actually a very good project in Czech republic it's called Eric eight uh it's actually uh about i think two weeks ago it was five times eight times bigger than uh, than uh uh open um and sora is Actually, they have like over a million users and Sorare has only what, 30, 40,000, so it's just, you know, nothing really. And that's what we are able to produce here in Europe. That's really, you know, impressive. Um, so this space is becoming more and more interesting, <clears throat> sorry, interesting from, uh, also from central Europe perspective and, uh, um, what I can what I can share with you is that uh, there will be also new features in games. Um, so today you can have I don't know boxes, chests, something like that where, where you can actually explore where uh, it's given to you as, as a gift. and you can trade it. We already spoke about uh, about NFTs as, 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 as assets inside the game. so you can actually transfer and sell the asset to someone else. You cannot do that today and um, and we will see more and more um i would say in the next 6 9 months um even big players will actually work more with uh, with uh, uh with blockchain and uh, and even gpu producers will actually uh, support blockchain directly
0: in their in their in their gpus now we said uh, now we talked about the uh upcoming trends of blockchain gaming and maybe i would like to ask you about those trends after this do you see it like yeah nft space is big but uh quite unknown for now, only JPEGs videos, Uh, will it be like the the cultural revolution or uh, brands like uh, Nike, Adidas and other brands they will embrace it, they will create NFTs and uh, or how you see this evolving like this, we are entering definitely in the stage of uh, mass adoption and how, how you see it that it will evolve?
1: Can you start please Jakub? Yeah, I, I can start. Uh, what you said is already happening, like McDonald's selling the NFT of the new burger. And uh, yeah, for marketing purposes, NFTs make sense. The Lopkvitz family raised some money for uh, restoration of one of their, or some of their pal- uh, castles, um, chateaus. Why not? That, that's what's happening. What I can see the future in is to sell actual things using. Uh, using the NFTs. That, that's what we're trying to do, an experiment. Uh, selling trees, like actual trees. You can buy a tree and the NFT uh, contains the the purchase agreement. So you, normally people are ridiculing NFTs because you're buying JPEGs uh, and w- what you've got is just a bill so that you can break that, well, yeah, Look how much I paid to buy a JPEG. But what what if you can buy an actual thing using the uh, the NFT technology, and you already have the market spaces, uh, which like the OpenSea or whatever. Uh, I I think this is this is rather the feature, uh, future, but it must be explored how much uh, it will work legally. It's why it's uh, an experiment, and a lot of people address us and they ask us we want to tokenize real estate yeah that's like the most common thing that you ever heard we We want to tokenize real estate fundraise money u- using your c20 tokens or have an NFT of of a house or something there there are a lot of regulatory issues so uh i think that uh this this needs to be uh examined from the legal perspective. Judges must make some Uh, decisions about it and maybe there there needs to be new legislation just uh, so just that people feel comfortable buying something using an NFT so uh, gaming first thing that makes sense we've already spoken a lot about it and then uh, selling actual stuff using NFTs and securities and securities uh, regulation is another big uh, big topic big deal the problem is that the regulators are far behind, they're like living in 2017 to some extent and they're reacting to issues like the Facebook's Libra or uh, the ICO bubble which happened in 2017 and now we are on a completely different space. So maybe in four years there will be a reasonable regulation for securities on the blockchain and, or NFTs.
2: Maybe i follow up on this. Uh So for me, what it boils down to is a single world that I mentioned, the metaverse. So we talked about, you know, like we have DeFi and and projects like Peters and uh, gaming stuff, but that all alone is like still kind of boring. So for me, it will be interesting when all this will be, you know, in one intersection of all of these things. So when you will build up yourself a level 60 Palpatine in Warcraft and you will have it as an NFT and you get loan, where this will serve as a collateral, and you use the loan to, you know, buy virtual property that is stored on the blockchain, and you will do there whatever you want. And just next to you will be, um, like a basically an e-shop in a virtual reality, and, and you will coexist in the same universe. So this is where I see it going forward, and this is what, what I think is the most exciting about all these things.
1: Uh, Just two sentences here, that's exactly what we want to do, to have our office, an exact copy of our office in the metaverse, like some new space, so that people can come to us physically or rather than just talking to the screen, they would come to us in the metaverse and it would be exactly the same office, which is yeah, the way of the future. I really love this idea, thank you very much.
2: Yeah, I got some properties there, so I'm happy to rent.
3: I, I take up the property ball, um, the real estate. Um, as I worked so long in the real estate uh, research area, uh, we, I was also a in the jury of the real estate blockchain uh, competition in 2019 in Zug uh, in, in Crypto Valley, Switzerland. Uh, we had those days 150 applications from different teams worldwide uh, for real estate blockchain projects. Most of them were boring, as Jacob said, because they just, what they did is they collect, they um, minted a coin, they uh, got some money, they bought with the euro or the Swiss franc, the uh, real estate, and then uh, the, the object, and then they, the value rises, the token value rises. This is a very boring option. But when we think this building here has lots of sensors, this room here has lots of sensors, These sensors provide data on the state of the room, and this is at the moment information. But when it gets to uh, when we can consider this uh, information as value, somebody heated this, somebody uh, makes the light nicely, and this has a value. So these sensors could directly transfer that value. Somebody could buy one cubic meter of room, and then you have immediately a value. When we have the land registry, which is two uh, two dimensional at the moment, three D on blockchain, and we link that building to the tokens and the ownership, linked to the sensors of these thousand sensors of one building, and we rent it, we um, we use it as a as a um, company, like you, and and then we build a twin in a metaverse. One to one, so I can decide today go to the real company or to the uh, virtual company of the metaverse. The decentralised. That's where the future goes. I think what we do, for instance, we work on. We are working on a paper at the moment on evaluating uh, real estate, but not real real estate, but virtual real estate. For instance, that's what we do. We look at real estate. Um, there are factors where one can evaluate the value. So how about digital real estate? Do they have the same uh, criteria? We think, uh, no, <laughs> there are different criteria. Some are similar, some not. Peter, would you like
4: to share your vision with us? we will come? I will just share that. Um... Yes, that's what I really like about blockchain, that we can already see right now that so many verticals are growing out of, like, common infrastructure and already there are, like, several domains that are so isolated, but they are in the roots, they are, uh, like, building on on the same, same foundation. So we have the NFTs, we have gaming, we have DeFi, and everything is starting to live its own life, but at the end of the day, it is bringing an economic value to a common infrastructure, so everything grows together. That's that's one thing. And for instance, um, about like token or NFTizing like uh, like things. I recently saw uh, an attempt, or I I've seen a project that wants to make NFTs out of scientific discoveries because that makes quite a lot of sense. Because when you discover something novel, mathematical or in, in physics or in, in whatever, it's it's a very novel idea. But that idea, you you can go to patent office, of course. But if you just put it on the blockchain, as an NFT, you have very public proof that you are the originator of this particular idea. And awesome thing about blockchains is that I like to say it's like transjurisdictional jurisdictional infrastructure. So from legal point of view, if legal systems would recognize that, okay, this NFT was truly an origination point of certain scientific idea, it can get adoption in all the other states so all the states could start using the blockchain as the kind of like the original source of ideas and I, I really like that.
0: Okay, Branislav, do you think that uh, when when you you are leveraging blockchain somehow, you're working with it, you, you're you familiar with it and uh, like Oracle. It, where is uh, your experimental stage focusing now? What, what are you experimenting
5: with now? Um, I think the blockchain, uh, like the disruptor pillar, have also, or can have chance together with two different also pillars from disruption, industry disrupting. And this is the artificial intelligence together with uh, IoT. IoT was already mentioned. Uh, like the way how to sense the physical world. Blockchain is way how to make some records and immutable records and artificial inter- intelligence is way how to make some decision on this data. That mean, I think this synergy, these two disruptors, blockchain, AI and IoT can have very good future for us.
0: Now, now now, kind of a uh, little bit funny questions like uh, f- as I mentioned like five years ago you were drug dealers and yeah oh, not, not like real one but you know oh, of course you were not you, you were businessmen in Oracle uh, but guys here they were like in eyes of their friends they were drug dealers and I don't know what working on dark markets and now you turned into kind of rockets stars and celebrities a little bit so how do you how do you feel nowadays when this is just this big switch of uh, opinion from people how do you feel it on on your life or in in your work Robert I I see you want to start
3: Um, when I was working uh, I worked till mid 2017 for the Austrian government for this smart city research program governmental funding program and but I started early in 2014-15 to explore blockchain and I created this brand crypto Robbie to be anonymous because you know I, I wanted to do my private thing to learn about it but they should not know about it because exactly it was the case when you dealt with blockchain and bitcoins, you were half in the photo in the present somehow in the uh, in the minds of people. Um, it improved. Of course, I left the um, the, the company or the, um, the Austrian government worked. I uh, stopped working. Founded my own company. Went out with this crypto hobby brand. This got quite famous. That was interesting, especially in 2017, 18. On LinkedIn, I used this uh, very closed platform, with, which is. Um, has a lot of reputation of people, so I use this, the high reputation of this platform, to bring their knowledge on blockchain there and and, and Bitcoin. Um, now I would say I'm I'm not surprised, but disappointed that it's so slow. This transformation it takes so long, and it will still take very long till till we have true um, virtual offices with maybe uh, NFT ties yeah, blockchains as had been mentioned, it will take a long way. But working in this uh, innovation industry for many, many years with normal companies, old um, industry companies, innovation takes always longer than we think. But what we have now, we have new players. In the beginning I mentioned already, we think that the company next door, and that's the topic also, blockchain as a disruptor, is um, is it. we, will, we think the company next door is our competitor or the companies in China and the US, but it could be that there are in future very clever programs like, uh, like one which does my accountancy. I hate to do my bookkeeping or my, uh, my tax advisory, um, which is done by a tax advisor. Maybe there is a very clever positive virus in the future which does my tax, you know, my tax reports. I upload my invoices and it's done. For my company, uh, it's done, all this. And then I get the tax report and it automatically is linked to the uh, financial authorities. This positive virus has a name, it's called DAO, Distributed Autonomous Organizations, and they exist on the blockchain. You cannot pay pay them with cash, that's hard, that's why I think cash has not such a big future, but we can pay them with cryptocurrencies. It's like it could be built on Ethereum, um, we see that one hint why I think also large enterprises see um, see future in blockchain is, for instance, the Deutsche Telekom, which is a huge company. They are miners. They mine the Chainlink token. Why are they doing that? Very interesting. They don't mine Bitcoin, of course. That's too shady. But what we still miss in this industry is the service industry or the supplier to the blockchain. Chainlink or chain project validates data which is later stored on blockchain. So the blockchain itself can store very safe data, but if the data is crap, uh, then you have crap saved on blockchain forever. So of course Deutsche Telekom know what they're doing. They are entering in this supplier industry. And that's where I think some companies could see a future, could have a future, that they enter this industry, uh, not by building a private blockchain, hoping that it won't be be public or so famous, or, um, but they have, they they provide some services. And here is a big chance, even for banks, banks could help saving um, uh, cryptocurrencies or storing cryptocurrencies. They know how to do that. They did it for hundreds of years and, so that the future will be in this uh, this maybe supply direction. Many, of course, banks will lose its role as a as a payment transfer a remittance um, company. But new new chances are there for young fintech companies, but also for old-fashioned conservative industries. They just have to be the move a bit, yes, in the mind. Robert,
0: you mentioned DAOs. Decentralized Autonomous Organizations and that's kind of the thing that is growing nowadays and uh, um, we, we see these uh, like services from uh, this organization is it's actually innovation in the way how people are uh, co-working together and there is quite a huge hype nowadays around it and one of the um, so no, well-known project nowadays is Olympus DAO that makes also like a service and uh, earn quite a lot of mm, funds for it and uh, brings, take, take, takes liquidity into their treasury. Uh, maybe would uh, would you like Peter or David, uh, tell us something if you're if seeing this.
4: Yeah, I see that
0: Peter wants to share some opinion with us because this is the yeah, topic. Da-
4: DAOs are another, another trend which is huge and it will be growing further. Uh, basically DAOs are trying to replace the traditional corporate structure like LLCs or uh, maybe corporations. And currently there is this, like blockchain is a, is a testbed for governance experimentation on how stakeholders can govern the common uh, venture fund or common money. And how they can govern govern that. Uh, to a great extent, currently it is mirroring the corporate governance structure, the same as like sh- shareholders are voting for the board, and the board is voting for like the c level of uh, of an organization. Uh, but there is like another another spectrum of uh, governance that is trying direct democracy. Um, there is another there are in other projects that are trying to have like this delegated democracy. I've seen already some like this novel democratic processes structures to be tested on the big amounts of capital. And when you imagine trying this in a in a legacy world or in a traditional world, it's very hard to be trying those experiments because everything is very uh, rigid, uh, very defined, and there is there is just no space for innovation.
0: Yeah, like uh, w- when we are talking about no space for innovation, one one huge topic can be like regulation can very easily kill the innovation or just uh, move the innovation to some other place. And um, that's something w- what I would like to um, ask you about. Is like what do you see like the the biggest uh, this s- something what is slowing down this? Uh, already Robert mentioned that it's so slow process and everything is slow and slow and we are living in the We feel like we are we are in crypto like 24 hours a day that everything is so fast But it's quite slow. So how do you feel it? Maybe David you can answer us this uh, is there what is the main thing which slows everything down? Can that be regulation or what do you consider like the main thing?
2: well now so yeah the future is here just not evenly distributed so that's the that's the problem and of course it was already mentioned that regulators have a really hard time to keep up with the pace of innovation and not only in crypto but basically really in every industry it's uh, the world becomes increasingly more complex and uh, it's no wonder that you know people and institutions, they have really hard time to understand and fully understand. Even I think people within the industry have a hard time to fully understand the, the and comprehend all the implications of what we are doing here, and um, so not to mention, of course, people who are you know some authorities who just uh, are more kind of outsiders for this, and they need to understand it, to judge it, and craft some guidelines for it. So, for from, from most of the time, when I was looking at even the MiCA, the the European regulations for crypto assets, uh, the first draft came out. Well, it's already like a year ago, I think, and I think it was terribly written. I haven't seen the. All right, I, there is a new draft already since then. Uh, I don't know how much better it is, but uh, I think it will be the same kind of um, problems that. Um, the people who craft it don't fully understand it, and they don't have practical experience with it. And um, it's definitely one of the things uh, and obstacles in adoption of all these technologies, that uh, um, the current legal landscape still kind of operates in the in the legacy world, and
4: not in the one that is already here. <laughs>
0: Peter, you would like to add him, so I would like to just
4: add one more thing because I'm f- I'm following the U.S. U.S. market, U.S. scene. How is it developing? And right now there is a, a very big talk about that upcoming regulation is uh, exactly not very suitable for for crypto assets for blockchains, and there are growing voices coming from either Coinbase or Andresen and Horowitz or I recently read several like posts about that um, U.S. government should make A dedicated body as a regulator just for crypto assets because SEC by definition is securities and exchange committee is not enough to be knowledgeable to be regulating crypto assets so uh, I think I'm of this opinion that if we want to move forward and we want to bring the innovation for the masses okay let there be some regulation let there be some ramifications that are limiting the risks for the people, for everyone, but it would be better if there would be a dedicated body just for that and not like old structures trying to take novel innovation and put it into old boxes
0: maybe this this uh, this whole space is so interconnected globally so do you think that maybe some like I know it's a ut- utopia but some kind of global regulation for this would be uh, something that could work
4: uh, if I may yes <clears throat> there definitely will be a cooperation between Europe and and the US I would say that U- USA is, is the most uh, on the edge of understanding like most on the edge and I and I kind of assume that Europe is going to follow follow whatever happens in the US but they should be coordinating to, or they will be coordinating together because it's such a open and global global market.
2: I would just maybe add one comment because I believe we should be more um, believers in self-regulatory capabilities of the market given what I said before because I believe like also with the recent inflationary trends, I think governments have been more successful at uh, screwing people up more than protecting them actually against these the risky aspects of technologies.
1: Yeah well um I really like what you said about the liquid democracy and the, now we have the time window to explore these new ways how to govern people uh, when when they actually have to have a say about it because they can change their mind every time. Uh, Speaking about the American regulation, I always felt that uh, the U.S. are overregulated and that's why uh, the capital moves from the United States (coughs) to Europe or to the European Union, which is now like the biggest continent in terms of crypto since last year, at least according to the chain analysis data. And I think that all the now big companies are working here from Europe uh, and they're avoiding American customers because they are overprotected, and it's uh, it's a pain in the ass to deal with the Americans. Don't don't you have the same idea?
4: Well, yes, it is true that like American projects are going away from the U.S. because it's like kind of overregulated, or I would say the risk of regulation is much higher than in the Europe. But I believe that it's just a matter of time that that the Europe will copy everything what is in the U.S. more more or less. And do you
1: support that? Because I have the feeling that you said that... I think there is no other
4: way. It's like, I don't want to move out of Europe. I like living here. So I would love if we would kind of find middle ground for everyone and kind of leverage that innovation. So this is why I'm kind of... I don't see any other way than to just uh, trying to find a proper legal case on how this technology can work here. That we should not be censoring, like people from the U.S. or censoring people from the Europe, because it's you cannot escape. That that's just not the direction, in my opinion.
3: Um, there is one aspect in in when it comes to regulation, which um, you already m- mentioned a bit. Um, when we see that legal power is at the moment is at, um, with governments, with states, we think at it, that it is. But interestingly, uh, recently the um, um, president of the United States, Trump, got kicked out of Twitter and they cut off everything because he did not follow their legislation properly and he was from one day to another just silenced. So we see there was no law involved from a government, but it was a pure decision of a private-owned company who had acted as legislator. And what we could see in the future, that we have kind of bodies in the blockchain with voting rights, with kind of mining or staking, um, that act as legal entity. And also as the legislator, and that we have to follow certain rules because even now it happens. You have to follow a certain rule. For the most simple rule is, you have to enter the proper uh, key or address to transfer your cryptocurrency. If you don't do, you lose your funds. So there, there, there's immediate uh, sanction <laughs> if you do something wrong. It's very costly. Some people lost a lot of money with it, and no government was involved. No company told them, you know. Um, Violating rules, so I think we and I, I worked for I supported EOS, the blockchain company EOS, in building an arbitration system, because EOS has the very specific um, approach that they their smart contracts can be changed during running. Which is not the case with Ethereum and many other blockchains because once a smart contract or these little programs on the blockchain are started, they run. So if I buy a car and then uh, I send the money via Ethereum, cryptocurrency, this process by, um, during the transfer process cannot be stopped. EOS could that, but there could be disputes. So during the sending period, it could change some of this uh, smart contract to maybe repair it because it's wrecked or uh, there's a flaw inside. And that could cause disputes. And there were a lot of disputes in the beginning of EOS in 2019-20. Um, and so there was a legislative board, the arbitration court, who decided, okay, we stop the miner, we block them and we stop, fr- freeze this and create and get some evidence. So a legal system has been built already around the blockchain. We see, we will see this more and more coming. It's not yet there, but we will have that. I get that. I, I think so. Okay, this was a really pretty ending of this
0: uh, kind of official discussion part and we can uh, jump into our slide of questions that we have. I believe that we, uh, we brought you some uh, some information that you like. And so let's jump into this. Robert, I think private blockchain is uh, the solution for closed trustless groups, identical to nodes, for some projects. If not,
3: why? Um. I'm a believer in public blockchains, of course. Like I believe in the uh, in the open, free, democratic internet, which we know doesn't exist. Um, As already has been mentioned, um, that um, that private blockchains could sometimes make sense. When we worked with this large company, for instance, they had the idea to shrink the amount of invoices they had they have millions of invoices every month so what they did they hashed it and made a hash of a hash and they used the blockchain a very very private blockchain their own blockchain to to just sip it hashing means sipping it making very big data very very small and that is another function of blockchain it's not always transferring cryptocurrencies you don't need a coin you just use a Ethereum or other blockchain and shrink that data. So, there it could make sense that a very private blockchain is used, or consortia could use it, or governments dealing with each other uh, could use it. We had a mobility case uh, with one company where different road infrastructure, road tolling companies are cooperating in Europe, but at the moment, every country is doing their own business. So, they thought about how to connect this um, road tolling that you don't have to buy for me driving here to uh, Slovakia uh, to Bratislava today I had to pay 10 euro and in Australia I needed a, a, another vignette and so on so that there is a blockchain to be used for that purpose and it's trust but this would be not a blockchain where you can publicly publicly mine or get a token and um, buy a token just for a very specific to, um, purpose sometimes blockchains could make sense uh, well actually
1: you don't need to have a private blockchain to store the hashes because the hashes don't tell you anything about the input so you can just yeah you, know, you don't have to have a decentralized or very decentralized system with a lot of nodes to keep the data you can just have the data at three nodes or something offline and the blockchain only contains the proof that that the data was was not Tangled with or played with, so you can use any blockchain for even the Bitcoin's blockchain, which is not very suitable for that. But you can even use the Bitcoin blockchain to store a hash. So. The second question would be: What do you think
0: will be the biggest obstacle in the adoption of blockchain games? Is there anyone who wants to spe- specifically answer these questions? Question.
1: Okay. Yeah, I could. Well, uh, <laughs> the first uh, the first transaction which is which is costly which is costly uh the games like x infinity they use their own layer two solutions uh and then the transactions are very cheap uh i used to play uh, gods Unchained, uh and it didn't make any sense because you would have to pay uh ethereum fees which are like hundreds of dollars to make a transaction to sell uh, a digital asset which costs two dollars, so it's great. Yeah, I bought it for two dollars, I'm selling it for 15 and I paid 300 for the fees, doesn't make sense. So, uh, they also created their own layer two with zero or close to zero fees. The the, the problem uh, is to make the first transaction and the last transaction to put the money into the layer two and to withdraw it so uh, I I think that now it's uh, very important to bridge these layer twos and interconnect them and and it's happening it's it's happening but uh, the first the, the entrance fee is very high exactly as you
0: said it's happening and i I will just give one tip for one game it's star atlas maybe you know guys Uh, definitely so for our viewers okay let's jump into other questions Uh, nfts are excellent value holder for fun game um plrs i don't know what that means token mp4 or last mba point makes sense but price of nft picture of new bag design to be dearer than real bag i'm not sure if i understand correctly the question but, but the question should be but price of nft picture of new bag design to be Dearer, uh, probably cheaper than the real bag or uh, maybe maybe the question should be like how you imagine it when there's some real asset and uh, some NFT connected with this what you mentioned Jacob so so if you want to jump answer um, this
3: let me talk I will give an example with um, NFT the Austrian Österreichische Post Austrian mailing service company they introduced in 2000 um, early 2020 The first crypto stamp, stamp you know for 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 letters, for physical letters on blockchain, crypto stamp one can still buy. Um, First they try, yeah. First interesting that they used a very old-fashioned you know stamp collecting stamp, is hundreds of years old, uh, linking together with Ethereum with a blockchain, of 21st century. So they used nft and they used ethereum for that blockchain but it was so costly we supported them in marketing but the mark we, we got a shitstorm that the transaction is so costly the last um, edition of these cryptocurrencies have been uh, published uh, last week on 21st of october uh, so and i went to the mail shop I, I went to the shop to buy this crypto stamp because it was also a paper version of it And the the teller told me, uh, sorry, um, we can only give two um, per person, two crypto stamps, because there is such a run on these. So what we see, we see there is a run on these NFTs. Um, Sometimes the transaction cost, as uh, Jakub mentioned already, is sometimes very high, but there are other options. They use now XDAI, for instance, uh, another coin with low fees. Uh, When it comes to pictures, uh, and if I also recently tokenized for an artist some uh, NF put it in um, on Ethereum blockchain, it cost me fifty dollar per picture to do that. It's it's expensive when the when the picture is low value. But if a, if the value of a picture is more than hundred thousand euro, nobody cares whether it's hundred hundred euro or dollar. Um, what is interesting with whole NFTization is. In the past or still present, we are used to have status symbols in the way of physical objects. Our shoes, our car, our, how we f- dress up, it's all physical. As the world turns more digital, also digital status symbols gain traction, gain more importance. And that's what, why the NFT boom is explained to my opinion. That's why we have the digital asset is more important than the physical objects. We have, and that was the question about whether NFTs are more, the the physical part of it uh, is important or the digital part. I think more and more the digital part is important and we have even objects where the painting is destroyed and only exists later on the blockchain, uh, the the, uh, digital part. And we will see here a lot of innovation of course and for very expensive um, paintings the collectors always want the expensive blockchain they would never use part whatever different blockchain for nft but ethereum they go for ethereum and they don't care about the transaction cost
0: Okay, we got the last three minutes and there are three questions, so we have to be really quick if we want to answer them. So first one is, do you see any way or possibilities to use blockchain technology in government? I could just answer it that it could be, but it's utopia because everything, if it's public blockchain is visible and we know how our politicians behave. so it's just utopia. Oh, okay, you wanna add something,
4: Peter? Just quick, I wanna please. add because I've seen already DAOs that are kind of like, uh, Activist DAOs, so they want to fund political causes through organizing a capital on the public blockchain And that can turn into somewhat like a funding for a political party, right? And it is used on on public blockchain on Ethereum or the second thing which are trying like local communities imagine you are living in some neighborhood and uh, you have a kind of like a common budget which is public by definition and uh, people from that neighborhood are managing that DAO budget I don't know for taking care of the crosswalks or for for the grass and greenery around your neighborhood.
2: I would just maybe add that there is also a European blockchain service infrastructure being launched at these days nowadays. Basically, so European countries in in, in will use basically blockchain for some of the use cases within public administration.
5: I think people can see some. What is suitable for the government is smart contracts. And so Smart contracts are part of the blockchain infrastructure and smart contracts can be helpful in specific uh, government processes. When, for, for example, want to some issue about uh, how to build your house or get some uh, issue about your car or something like this, that means this can be, let's say, platform, the smart co- contracts and blockchain platform also for e-governments or government.
1: Okay, nice. The, the, the world is turning digital, and maybe there will be virtual states, virtual governments with governance models inspired by what we are playing with now in, in crypto, possibly. Exactly. Then um,
0: we have two questions, but no time for this. So, uh, again, can it be said that blockchain is not a bubble, but a tool of trust? Yes. Okay, that was pretty quick, and we can answer also the last question, but just uh, in a pretty quick way. How do you rate Slovak institutions and blockchain? Is something going on from point of view in Slovakia or the Czech Republic? So just maybe like a quick comparison. Guys, do do you feel it's better in Czech Republic or in Slovak Republic?
2: Oh, the Czech Republic has been always the powerhouse for crypto, and they have definitely also better taxation uh, for crypto assets. So I would say it's better
0: there. Okay, I I cannot do anything else just to agree with this answer. And our time today is over. So I'm very thankful for you guys. It was a pleasure to sit here with you, and also to all our viewers, listeners, and enjoy the rest of Finweek conference.
4: Thank you.